taken your first step into a larger world. The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a journey from the Phantom Menace to the rise of Skywalker. Now, here are your hosts, Calvin, Andy, and Wyatt. Hello there. Welcome to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, a chronological journey from the Phantom Menace to the Rise of Skywalker, one story at a time. I'm Calvin, and I get to say this again, I have seen a lot of Star Wars. Woo! I'm Wyatt. I've seen a lot of Star Wars. I've seen some new Star Wars. I'm I'm Andy. I've I watched Star Wars today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real difference in height there. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm looking up D&D classes now. Yeah, because we have to go to, back to Hi guys, D&D. I'm Andy and I hate Star Wars. And I fucking hate so I hate this. Honestly, <laughs> there are moments when I we've hate locked, Star Wars. We've locked Andy in a room and for are forcing them to do the podcast. It's okay. I'll yeah. I'll do it. I I'll 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 survive. Yeah. Uh Omega's what 100 and something 120 something days of captivity over the so, course of Yeah. So gay ass haircut. <laughs> Queen. We are back. Triumph first steps of Star Wars podcast, Triumph of Return to Animated Star Wars after our High Republic Adventures adventure um d- uh during the SAG strike. Yeah. This week on First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, we watch Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3, Episodes 1, 2, and 3. Confined, Paths Unknown, and Shadows of Tantis. Andy. Who's getting assigned a D&D class this week? Okay. We're going um, back to this now that we're back in uh, in, vi- in visual media. Who did you just suggest, Wyatt? Emery or Hemlock? I think, I think Emery, just because she's a she's a new character. We, she only appeared really in the late half of season two, and we really got to know her in this episode. I think I, I, I have an idea of what class she would be. But okay, then what, what do you think? I think she'd be a paladin. Really? She, hmm. Because she has sort of she is working with hemlock willingly even though it is made clear that she is no more free to go than omega is and she has sort of convinced she has sworn loyalty she is she had uh, i think the oath thing can be applied to her because she really wants to believe that what she's doing is i think she wants to believe what she's doing is helpful but also that she's not a prisoner Mm-hmm. And I, I think she believes it when she tells Omega early that, that she's not a prisoner. It's not a cell. It's just her room. But I, I think she is a misguided paladin. I that's brilliant. I had no idea what to do. So that is so accurate and real. No, because she totally she she is guided because that's a, a big thing with paladins is they're guided by their oath, sort of whether it's right or wrong, you know, like in every they, they don't really get to have a like morally gray area everything is sort of just like you do what you have to do and And that's that's what she is that's what she does yeah because we'll talk about it but they're just doing fucked up shit in that lab constantly she is she is guided by her oath to keep doing it even though even now when it is turned to her fellow clones being the test subjects yeah um do we want to talk about the bingo board is that just for us? Let's, for everyone? No, I mean, it's on our Instagram, so it's for everyone. But let's uh, round up the bingo board at the end of the episode. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. 
Well, if you're listening, we have a bingo board. Yeah. I just want you to know. And we were watching, able to mark a few off. We we worked quite a few off. Yeah. Like more than I thought I more than I thought we would. Hey, we we really did get through like nearly one fifth of the season. Like that's true. That's yeah. True. Legit, legitimately hilarious though, and I know we'll talk about this in that episode, but. We talked so, so much last much. season about clone <laughs> cadets. And then last <laughs> week, IGN just dropped a clip from Paths Unknown with the with the cadets in him. A sort of no fanfare. And it's like, well, <laughs> here they are. Well, here Finally. No, I'm telling you that somebody who writes Bad Batch listens to this podcast. They listen to this podcast and they went, this is my favorite Star Wars podcast. And I've made this show for you. I yeah. Thank I you, whoever you are. Thank you, whoever you are. Our bet. Our it is fan. very <laughs> wild. Uh, they they didn't do Enfys Nest, and otherwise yet. I, that would be the one. Yet. that I would know that not only are they listening to Andy, they're listening to me. Although we did get no, this is this is a note for the second. Ep- We're talking too much about the second episode. The first episode. These are three distinct episodes yes. that are not part of that are part of continuing story, but it's not like there's you know a, it's like a two parter or anything like that. Episode one confined. Omega must adjust to her new life as uh, Nalase's assistant in Mount Tantus. So this episode was bonkers. Um, lots of things. I just want to we- acknowledge something. The we don't see the boys in this episode at all. No, that was crazy. I no, was like, we don't. Starting out the Bad Batch, no boys. Yeah, I mean, I guess Crosshair is one of the boys. Yeah, but, but like, the we gang. See, yeah, we don't see. I mean, at this point, like tech is gone, so it's just uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, but tech's dead. But uh, yeah, maybe I have theories. Uh, I have I theories about that. Dead. I refuse Every, to believe it. No, I don't think anyone thinks tech is dead, and a lot of people yeah. think that tech is a very certain person that we will so talk to talk about in episode three. They they've. Uh, in a lot of press releases about tech or like discussions about uh, his death, they kept just saying he fell and like that went on for a couple of months leading up to the season. And then I think they noticed that people were online theorizing about it because everything since then, they've been really like he's dead. You yeah. know, the copy, which I think is very funny. Yeah, they just had to be. I think they were trying to be nice and not say, well, we killed off one of our characters brutally and you were all sad about it. And now they have to because everybody's theorizing. Yeah, well, you know who also fell? Aragorn. And you know what he did? He triumphed. He, he stormed through those gates of Hell's Deep very, very sexily. Yeah. Um, iconic moment in cinema history. Yeah. But yeah, I really like, especially, I, I, I think it worked in Andor, but I really like when animated Star Wars slows down. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this, yes. I think, is maybe the best slow episode that i can remember it was just i really liked it yeah i really like this episode really strong start to the season really quick before we move on to the specifics of the episode i do think that so here's my theory for like how at least the next six five six seven episodes play out um i think that we're going to get alternating episodes of omega crosshair and hunter wrecker and Omega Crosshair escaped Tantus, which is a lot earlier than I thought that they would. Yeah, I um, agree. So, and Wrecker Hunter are on their way to Tantus. Mm-hmm. So I think, so like, I think that Wrecker and Hunter are going to get to Texas. Tantus. Texas. <laughs> They're going to get to Tantus only to discover that Omega and Crosshair are not there. Wrecker, Wrecker's wearing a uh, everything's bigger in Tantus shirt. Mm-hmm. 
including the Zillow beast. <laughs> and I, also, I, I think that specifically we are going to the, the Ventress episode is going to be we're not going to have Hunter or Wrecker and it is going to be just Ventress, Crosshair and Omega, which I think the three of them alone is going to be a very, very interesting dynamic. Go on, I Andy. I would love that. I would love that. Do we think that they'll meet up with Tech before they all reunite? I I kind of feel like there's a possibility that... It, I don't know what your theory is about who Tech is, but I think that Tech, Hunter, and um, Wrecker might reunite and then before they reunite with crosshair and omega yeah well i think tech has been turned into a clone x i i'm gonna go that one with a controversial take i know so that guy the the visual cues indicate that that guy is tech i I agree with that i i think his his the way they've done his armor is intentionally evocative of tech's armor and that in the same way that it crosshairs imperial armor looked like his bad batch armor but i'm gonna come out with a controversial statement i think tech is dead i think tech is dead for the same reason that they never acknowledged that agent colson was alive in marvel even though they brought him back in agents of shield because his death impacted the main characters such that i think i don't know i'm not i'm not sold on tech is still alive you think it's a red herring I do. Yeah, but I'm reminded of what Andy said when we were covering the season two finale um, that like the pot, the the lack of confirmation doesn't give us hasn't given us the ability to mourn. Mm -hmm. And so I would honestly be a little bit disappointed if he's not alive. See, I I would. I think I'd be annoyed. I think it could go one of two ways. Obviously, if he's if he's not. If he's not dead, then he's in the show and story continues with him. If he is dead, I want an episode about it when Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. meet up together, because I I think we'll talk about this when we talk about the second episode. Hunter is not doing very well, and I don't think him or Wrecker have properly processed Tech's absence, I'll call it. And I think this show has done really well, uh, especially for Star Wars, in... showing the characters actually showing us the characters processing these type of things i'm reminded of echoes leaving the team last season but uh so so i i hope we get one if 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 tech does not even if he if he is revealed to be alive later i hope we get one an episode with hunter and wrecker that is about them processing the supposed death of their best bud yeah yeah so According to IMDb, here are the names of the rest of the episodes. So next week we have a dev- different approach, and then we have the return, and then we get six and seven infiltration and extraction on the same day. Then we get bad territory, the harbinger, and then ten and eleven identity crisis and point of no return on the same day as well. And then juggernaut into the breach, flash strike, and the cavalry has arrived is the series finale. <laughs> You know, they're not they're not getting me with another the summit. I'm not fooled by the return. I'm yeah. sure that's going to mean something. To, it, 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 it wasn't the mountain and it's not going to be the team meeting up. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared. The return scared. of Ventress or. Yeah, I do think it's very funny also that they've got an episode called Juggernaut when in the trailer, you the, the team is like on 
attempting a mission on a juggernaut, which is one of the big like clone roll rolly things. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's funny. It, it, I think it's funny that they have a an episode like that. And it's also probably not going to be that episode. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it'll be the episode after that one or like something like that. I don't know. All right. Into into confined. We open with the the fighter crash. Um, the you know, the people, the clone or the uh, TK soldiers are trying to crash, are trying to land on Tantus and they crash. And then some of these um, giant beasties get them and kill them. And Love um, creatures. yeah, hemlock. We'll talk about these beasties uh, later on. But, you know, we love a good Star Wars creature. I really think this was just such a standout. Ep- the, the series is about her, but this was maybe the Omega episode. Her in isolation. That faucet drip was designed to rile me up um the time passing within the episode though was buck wild yeah i didn't notice it until my second watch honestly like aside from her longer hair i just kind of thought that that was just her being resolute but like i didn't clock the amount of um you know her doing the tally marks on the wall both me and kaya noticed it instantly yeah yeah I it was, was like, like oh god wrenching she's yeah. been there for so long yeah but so it, it, it clocked up to what like 120 130 or something days and you know her hair got so long i saw a lot of discussion on twitter after these episodes about how like crushingly normal things were at the like the lab just business as usual every day while all the fucked up horror went on that they were doing the lab was doing the horror but everybody else was just like another day another dollar all the scientists and it was freaky star wars tends towards mad science usually when they do like scientist stuff it's all it's all crazy Mm -hmm. frankenstein electric stuff and this was way creepier than star wars science usually is yeah, I mean, like, it was giving methodological, it was giving clockwork, it was giving metronome. Yeah, in the like, third one, we, we get the clockwork with the blood uh, yeah. dial. Yeah. Awesome. It's really giving Nazis is what it's giving, and yeah. that is scary. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, they yeah. are, they're the space Nazis. They're the, the most famous Nazi-ish allegory in film that isn't just the actual Nazis is the Imperial Stormtroopers, which is what we're getting at this point with the TK Troopers. But yeah, leaning into the science side is very freaky. Yeah. I, I also liked that, uh, so we 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 have a, a chunk of this episode before the time skip where we see her interacting with Emery and uh, Nalase and Crosshair, who she visits, and then we do the time skip and she's still visiting crosshair in yeah. his cell which does tell me she goes there like every day and bugs him and i yeah. think that's very funny yeah we, it sort of is like hey this is her routine and we kind of get to see how that routine has developed over time yeah through the time skip yeah we and you can kind of two full days with her doing the wake up same snark routine. at emery do science help with the dogs talk to my angry sad brother go to sleep yeah well you miss the nala say and going to see nala say and having nala say every single day oh, that's true discarding yeah. her blood sample yeah yep you can tell in the that crosshair is like kind of invested in getting omega out of there when uh, by the second scene or by the post time skip scene rather absolutely yeah, yeah. When he's like, because she she basically goes there and we get the vibe that she goes there just to like tell him about her day. And then he's like, 
what is your primary objective? And she goes, escape. And so, yeah, it's very clear that like, because when we first see him, he kind of seems like he's given up hope. And well, I don't think he's like, oh, Omega's going to get me out of here. He's like, I want you to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. He and has, like, he tries to push her away too. Yeah. Cause like yeah. he's in, there's that moment where he's like, if, you know, I, if I were going to escape, I wouldn't think twice about going and getting you. So, you know, he's trying to push her away, trying to get her to do what he would do to make these kind of hard decisions because Omega is an optimist. Go on, Wyatt. Well, no, just he, I, I do think, I think he was just, I think he is dealing with a combination of his own self-loathing and that he is worried that if she tries to escape, he'll slow her down uh, with one of the more interesting things. I know we're skipping ahead, but his handshaking. Yeah, is very. I don't know. There's something about Bad Batch that I find really unique and just how it it. Its characters feel more human than Star Wars characters usually do. They have more emotions. They react to things in natural ways rather than the sort of weird George Lucasy way. Mm-hmm. They aren't these like legendary, you know, champions. Yeah. These almost like cartoonish. Like, these are veterans of a war and they have PTSD and the war is ex- exhibiting their stars on them. Which is yeah. extremely funny because they were yeah. they were introduced as the they were as the most cartoonish characters like they're the superman clones they're the like halo spartans of star wars and they've they've all got their thing and then now they're some of the more human characters that star wars has ever spent this much time with but because of that the bad batch themselves have also likely had some of the most intense missions that of the clone wars just by nature of them being an elite group yeah and that's gotta have its toll you're talking a little bit in universe and i'm talking a little bit out of universe here where I'm just thinking about like the, mm-hmm. the 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 storytelling, but I totally agree. Yeah, they their war experience is not great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Now Crosshair is being experimented on. Of course, his hand is shaking. The the clones, dude, they looked so like out of it, and and yeah. the, just all the clones that were there were not. It was yeah. genuinely striking. And like, I was wondering, are they like repeating clones blood? But then they're probably not. They've just got so many of them just confined there. I would imagine yeah. that they're not just used for these M count experiments. Well, yeah. In that so that even like they're not going to it just means that even after their sample, their blood is used and they're involved in whatever experiment and it doesn't work. They're not discarded. They're, 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 the, the lab finds utility in reusing the clones for other because they're doing all kinds of fucked up shit. Yeah, I was yeah, waiting, yeah. honestly, for more screwed up animals after the Zillow Beast thing. That's what I mm. I if we get an episode where uh, the Bad Batch, the Hunter Wrecker Echo Squad ends up on mm. Mount Tantus, I would not be shocked if they end up in the weird basement and finding some crazy shit in there. Crazy. Yeah. A, a different weird basement than the one that pretty explicitly contains Jedi corpses. Yes, sorry, yeah. I was thinking yeah. old of Legends Mount Tantus with like yeah. all the uh, the fucking storehouse shit. Yeah. Um. um you mentioned M Count. That's definitely midi chlorians, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. There yeah. is another yeah. series further down the line recently that has been popularizing the term M count instead of midichlorian count further down the line recently. I love our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. 
No worries. It came out recently, but so M count has been used in Star Wars. The, the Bad Batch didn't come up with it, but it is absolutely midichlorians. Midichlorians, yeah. yeah. The oh, Emperor oh. is trying to create a Force-sensitive clone. Clone. Yeah. Um, I think that the Empire specifically is, like, making this faucet drip. Um, I think <laughs> that think it is, it's psychological torture? I think it's psychological torture for Omega. I don't think it's working, but, like, you'll notice that when those TK troopers come in and, you know, take her beloved straw Lula doll, they do not even try to fix that faucet, so. No, why would yeah. they? Um, also, straw Lula doll, so cute. So yeah, that, cute. Yeah. The, the reminder that as Omega, a like who is a little a little warrior in that of herself, is just a kid who's barely Sad. pushing thirteen. Max mm-hmm. is it was and looking out the window. Oh man. Well, she's so I, sweet to that little to the little. What is that? Alert the Lurka Luca. Yeah, the Lurka, Lurka hound. Lurka hound. She's Sorry, so I'm nice. Cat, Lurka hound. Of course. <laughs> Omega adopts a dog yeah. in jail. Of That's course. the most And of Omega. course she names him Batcher. Batcher. It, it is honestly the most Ezra Bridger thing she could do, yeah. also, but it it was Yeah. So I, cute. Her and her conflicts with that droid I thought were interesting as well. They were hilarious. <laughs> yeah, because because the droid is clearly fighting up against the limits of his programming. Mm-hmm. So you could see even the droid. The droid is like Emery, I think, honestly, where they're, they're, everyone has just their job and they're not supposed to think outside of it. The, yeah. The He cannot think about the welfare of the dogs. He's like, no, the programming says this. I feed the dogs. I clean up for them. I kill them when they are uh, no longer well. Mm-hmm. And there's no Omega's attempts to sort of like circumvent that. And it just doesn't. You, I, I, there was a bit where he tried the droid thought about it yeah which i thought was really interesting he literally like, okay, goes I'm, like uh <laughs> you, yeah you could see him sort of tilt his head and and it and then return back obviously to the programming because that's how droids work but especially imperial memory wiped droids but it was really especially with my comparison with emery with the way she sort of begins to deprogram herself a little bit it seems yeah yeah um i did really enjoy the um well i didn't enjoy that moment it was a sad moment but just like the the dead on camera angle of the moment when she was talking to crosshair and he was like i he goes up to the greats and he's like i belong in here and she's like i none of us belong in here yes that was so, so you mentioned powerful it. that was that's, so powerful i think that's the mission statement of the season yeah, yeah. Like, I, I was like, OK, we're, we've got it. This is the because once we reunite the batch, find Omega, everybody gets back together. Happy reunions. What's the plot? And I think it I, I think it that's where we get Echo and Rex back in. And everybody's all on board for the big finale. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Save, the save cavalry the has arrived. Save the yeah. clones from Mount Tantus. Although I something I am very curious about millions of soldiers in in the clone wars even if we say maybe only on a like if we say there's less than a million clones left in the galaxy i i i don't believe that but i think that's like as small as i'd go in terms of how many of them are left are they all in the mountain 
No, there's multiple mountains actually. Uh, in in the third episode, you look in the background and there's like a couple of mountains that are. I guess they are. They could be all on Wayland. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm and, pretty sure that it's like a pretty like big underground network. Yeah. What I'm curious is just whether Hemlock is now in charge of all the clones, and I'm hoping we'll get that clarified. Yeah. Because I don't think, aside from the clone commandos, I don't think we're gonna. I think they're all out of service now. And I was mm-hmm. keeping an eye on it. The clone commandos were voiced by D. Bradley Baker, clearly. Yeah. So they are still clones in the commando armor rather than TK troopers in the commando armor. So, yes, at least I'm Scorches sure. and a couple of them and, and a few of them. I, I, every time one of them spoke, I heard D's clone accent. OK, good. So because I'm curious when at what point we're going to see the full transition out of service. Yeah um the harry and the hendersons moment between omega and batcher <laughs> when she was like, oh yeah go get on get <laughs> yeah oh god yeah. yeah i really do not like dr hemlock the way oh, that he said re-education just like icked my spine yeah 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 his whole deal with emery is very icky creepy because i was thinking about this omega is an old clone and she's still only 13. Emery, to be an adult, has to have the age acceleration of the other clones, which means Hemlock has known her probably her entire life, mm-hmm. or at least since she was a small child. I love for like real world shenanigans and gender reasons that we are completely sidestepping the issue of girl clones. We have just accepted it and mo- then moved on. Uh, so awesome. That's making me lose my mind, actually. I think but, it's, you know, I think it, I, I well, because I I would rather be able to keep the trans Omega and trans Emery headcanon versus a no, the Kaminoans tamper with them and they're they're genetically female, which is what That's a lot true. of sci fi cloning stories do. But it seems I, like there are other female clones at the facility. I don't think. No, I think Bangs, Emery is the only go on. Only one. Bangs lady, the other scientist with the glasses is really pale even for this show which has a problem with its clones and their skin tone yeah uh, she also has a different accent uh they've been they've been hiring new zealand actors to play every new clone that's not voiced by d so the accent is like even thicker than his attempt at it uh which is not very good i gotta be honest i'm used (laughs) to d baker's clone voice and I hear the clones in my head, but it is not a very good new authentic New Zealand accent. Emory Carr is voiced by Keisha Hassel, Keisha, Keisha Castle Hughes. Good God. I uh, did not say that correctly. Fun fact. She plays the yeah. queen of Naboo in Revenge of the Sith, who we only see at Padme's funeral. Oh, oh cute. that's crazy. We yeah. love that. And so she can't comes back to Star Wars. I think just by virtue of being an actor and auditioning for a project. But yeah, she comes back to Star Wars and plays a fascinating character. That's really cool. I want to know why she's got a last name. Yeah, that's That's a good question. And so, yeah. Do we have much else to say about episode one? Um, No, I want to move on. But I do want to just say love Omega's little hair. Little yeah. haircut. Love her yeah. gay ass little ponytail. Yeah, uh, yeah so the, the ponytail is really fun because we didn't see it in the trailers. You could tell her hair was longer in the trailers when she appeared, but I guess there was no shot of her from the side or from behind. So it was a genuine surprise when we saw her in her room and I'm like, oh shit, she's got a she's, she's got, got a ponytail. ponytail. Yeah. 
There's a lot of older Omega fan art that gives her long hair and a bandana like Hunter. And I'm interested to see if because I, I want basically I want to see what her new look for the season is going to be when we get out of Tantus. Yeah. Mm. If it changes, we'll see. Well, yeah, no, I yeah. think the hair staying the same, but the I, I, I'm the really I'm waiting for her to either end up more like their colors in her outfit or wildly diverge, because I, I think it either would be interesting in terms of what it says about her character. I yeah. agree. Awesome. So season uh, three, episode two, Paths Unknown, Clone Cadets. in exactly the situation in really kind of exactly the situation we thought they were going to be in in season two when they were uh although i think we thought they were going to be used for mining yeah because it was in those episodes where um it was on the mining planet yeah so but yeah they're a little older than i thought we would see for clone cadets yeah kind of fun awesome what was interesting is that only the one was voiced by Daniel Logan. The other two were voiced by this kid. What's his name? I wrote down uh, this guy, Julian Dennison, who is mostly known for being Fire Fist in the Deadpool movies. Well, and he is he is also he is a New Zealand actor. New yeah. Zealand. Yeah. So so and so obviously is Daniel Logan. Yeah. But I think that they learned from the. Kanan Jarrus, Caleb Doom moment from the series premiere and was like, let's not have a full on adult portray children anymore. Yeah. No, they, they if they were going to bring back like Omega age clone cadets, I don't even think they use Daniel Logan, whose voice still he, he still yeah. sounds he's got the like Dante Bosco effect where he always kind of sounds like a kid yeah but so real (laughs) it's not as much it's not a it wouldn't it would be the kale it would be the canon situation yeah i mean like he does voice the older clone which is you know he voices the oldest of the cadets yeah certainly the tallest and the leader um and by rules of siblings the tallest and the leader is the oldest yeah it was interesting because these so like we're still in clone wars world like we're still in clone wars animation they did not animate these clone cadets the same way that they did um back when we saw them in clone wars yeah we never saw like a 16 year old clone i guess yeah i guess we usually saw them younger because mm-hmm. they they did have really in Clone Wars they had really round faces because Daniel Logan That's when he was true. in Attack of the Clones was such a baby and had such a round face that that's what they were basing it off so i think they tried to aim for a middle ground between the round cadet face and the very angular trooper face yeah and i was like oh they (laughs) this is different yeah i yeah i I had a good time i'm honestly not so sure they nailed the designs of the cadets yeah i wasn't but i I didn't love it but it's okay i was really glad to see them I, i this was to me a more of a standard bad batch episode in terms of like they go to a cool new planet and some shit happens to them and they meet new people. And yeah. it had the twist of obviously they're without the person who's usually the sort of driver of that of a, like Omega would have befriended the cadets so fast immediately. Yeah. yeah. And Hunter and Wrecker aren't as good at it because and they're also extremely stressed and looking for Omega rather than doing a doing a job. We get the triumphant return of what's his face, Roland Durand, and the appearance of his mother, which I've been waiting for since that horrible episode of season one. 
Yeah. His yeah, mother shout who out is to... voiced by Angelica Huston of uh, Adam's Family fame, among other a multitude of other things. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. I always figured we'd see her. I think it was a it was an interesting way to call back to it. I think mm-hmm. I wasn't sort of really on board until he until they revealed the pike and he gave him his horn back. And I was like, actually, this is great. This yeah. is like this has this has wrapped up a dangling thread. This is awesome. She looked great. Uh, she looked the awesome. armor was she looked cool. So cool. Yeah, the uh, palace was really interesting. I loved when it showed up. Um, and that the whole, like hall. the trap door was great. Yeah, the, the laser trap door. Yeah. And that hall with like everyone in their individual cubicle but like lit so you can only see their silhouette like that was really cool yeah no i love that whole section yeah i something that stuck out to me in this was the i mean these are just like kids right and they were like yeah we we thought we were going to be soldiers and now we don't know we have no idea And, and that like fear of like Wow. You know, they thought they because like that's the big thing with clones is they like the clones had a purpose. The clones existed for a reason. They didn't ever really need to question it. Obviously, many of them did because of, you know, being a person. But like a lot of but being raised with like, this is what I need to do. This is what my life is going to look like. And then all of that just fucking changes. Like navigating that was hard enough for the grownups. And now these are just kids and they were literally abandoned. It's just fucking crazy. Yeah. This also just like makes me think of the Ahsoka um, lost episodes at the end of season three of Clone Wars and like those Padawans that she meets and like how they have to learn how to, you know, survive on their own and stuff. And now these clones have these poor little clone kids have to. I did enjoy. uh, I think the vine creature was very fun it's the the it's it's back to the more of the weird science this is again why i really want to see what's in mount tantis's basement Mm -hmm. whatever the really freaky stuff they're working on is yeah um beyond the force sensitive cloning this is and we'll talk about this a little bit at the end when we get to the bingo but like what is this thing is it like it looks like a sarlacc but also Drangier, possibly. That's what I thought. I was like Drangier moment. Drangier moment. I would not be shocked. I would. Uh, so I will. I would be shocked if we get a Drangier connection said Explicitly. on on the screen. Yeah. I would yeah. not be shocked if the connection is eventually made in canon in like a reference book or a guide on StarWars.com that says Hemlock was, or even just Orabesh in the background that confirms that that was where it started. Well, because the Empire. I mean, like this is. I mean, like, this is more higher public knowledge than y'all know. I just, you know, it's they started on the Amaxian station and like the Empire, and, like we don't know what happened to the Amaxian station between Into the Dark, the novel in phase one of the High Republic and um, I guess the Kira comics between during the original trilogy. So, yeah, could, you know, and like also other Dream Gear sources in the in the galaxy. So, yeah, that was cool. Um, 
Yeah, Hunter and Tech had that little moment. Or Hunter and Wrecker had that little moment <laughs> Sad. on that um, Oh, no. And there was uh, the very conspicuous Tech not being there with his goggles just sitting there on that shelf for like a good five yeah. seconds. But if you watch the... So this is why I'm glad that they figured out depth of field. If you want, Hunter isn't looking at Tech's glasses in that shot. He's looking past them at Lula. Yeah, that's what I noticed. Is that he's he, looking he, at Lula. Uh, because and I think that this is why I'm excited to see when they really do deal with thinking about and accepting that tech isn't there because I don't think they have all Hunter is just like so hell bent on rescuing Omega that he's not that he, he, he's doing nothing else doesn't look like he's eating or sleeping like it's just it is he is doing bad. And he's also back. And I also like so he's trying to do Tech's role on the team as well. He's he's doing the data pad stuff and all the all all of what Tech would have done usually Hunter is doing. He's not doing it that well, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, that's something I noticed, too, is they kind of made it especially when they were trying to yeah extract all that data. Um, and that was the thing that they were like struggling with. It's like, yeah, this is all shit that Tech would have been. Bop, bop, bop. And they were wandering around in the forest at one point and he had a data pad and he looked a little bit like a like a when a, some, a, somebody who needs glasses like puts them on is like squinting at mm-hmm. their their phone like what how do I do this? Yeah, but the like the absence of tech was almost a, like its own character in the episode. Yeah, this was pointed out on Twitter as well. But and I noted during the episode that uh Wrecker is being very affectionate with Hunter. Like he is, he's always got his hand on his shoulder or his back, like physically supporting him, which is really nice because that's not really something that characters in Star Wars do all that often. Yeah, and all and not and clones specific men, clones. It's not shown that often. And I think it's I'm I'm waiting for a point where I, I do think Hunter is going to sort of either they're going to meet up immediately or Hunter's going to snap. And that's not going to, it's going to be very sad. It'll be very and sad. I look forward to it immensely. Might we call it bad territory? Potentially. I'm not doing this shit again, man. We did this all season two. We thought about that. We 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 interrogated hey, those episode titles so much. I was, and it was right just, about metamorphosis, though. It was all I knew for that not. That one was going to be the Zillow Beast. I was right about that one. That's true. Yeah. No, I don't want to pay attention to the titles because they'll stress me out. <laughs> okay. I'll be. I can't. I. Would you guys you say, can guess if I would guess. you say you're reaching a point of no return? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I will I will close the clean feed. <laughs> I, will, I will end the podcast here, actually. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Oh, um, man. Okay. Couldn't resist. Uh, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, I just loved that little moment when they were like, oh, they're 99s must be defective clones. And then Wrecker was like defective and defective. And defective. I yeah, love I love Wrecker. They put that out on socials. Yeah, I I'm really glad that we I think it was really good to start the season. No boys just with Omega and and really focus in on her and what's going on with her rather than have that be a mystery. I I, I would not I would not have wanted Paths Unknown first, I think. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, Having said that, 
Oh, sorry. Having said that, I think it was great to check in then immediately after that and make sure we're now sort of all on the same page. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I don't think I think starting with Omega was the strongest choice, but it would have been frustrating to not know what the fuck is going on with the boys. And I think like the the miscommunications and like the. Like, because we're going back and forth, it makes it so much better, like Omega we're like, oh, great, they're going to go get her. They're going to go get Omega. Oh, my God, Omega. And this episode we're just about to start talking about, she escaped without them, and they're going to get there. And, yeah, it makes that, yeah. like, sort of miscommunication. Mis- I don't know if that's the right term, but, like, that that's, it makes it more fun for me. Yeah, I agree. I'm really curious whether she's going to be able to call them, like, right out. Yeah. They stole a ship with a communicator. Like, presumably, that she can... Get their frequency. It's it's they we know she knows all the shit because tech made her memorize it uh, all of season two. So it's I'm I'm really curious how when the reunion will happen and how it will go. Yeah, because it is going poorly for tech and or tech. I did it. I did it. I did the same thing. You did it. Hunter and Wrecker. Yeah. Do we are we do we want to talk about episode three? Um, what else do I have here? Um, just Donkey. Love that dude. Um, yeah. Why was he upside down? Because Wrecker's an idiot. Um, and the other thing is that I really want to see um a Sabine Wren versus Wrecker like explode off to <laughs> make the best. Yeah. Explosion. That would be yeah. fun. I I am very curious. In general, I think I'm just I'm curious where these fellows end up at yeah. the end of all. Yeah. Oh, also a Jedi Fallen Order reference when um uh, Wrecker was like, this place smells like rabid Jotaz because or by like rotten Jotaz because a Jotaz is a monster that you fight in Jedi Fallen Order. Wow. Look at that. I got that because I'm a nerd. Because <laughs> you're a nerd. Yeah. Oh, wow. I just Googled them. They are ugly as fuck. They are. And they're kind of hard to beat, too. Not hard. No, they're just. Yeah, I'll be honest. They look like they stink. You stick your you stick your lightsaber in their gut, and then they're like, and they. <laughs> and they die. <laughs> yeah. Most people, uh, when you stick a lightsaber in your gut, go ah, and then die. Yeah. Um, I love Jedi Fallen Order. Anyway, um, Star, uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch, Episode Three: Shadows of Tantis. Ten um, out of ten. Title. This yeah. is such a mm-hmm. great goofy Star Wars a, title. Yeah, it's a it's your classic blank of blank title. Blank of yep. blank. Yep. It's yep. back, baby. <laughs> We're so back. Do we have in this season? Um, I know that we just said, oh, that's the only one this season. Yeah, because we're all serious. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Well, this is a very serious episode. Omega and Crosshair hatch a daring plan. (laughs) Well, it is certainly a plan. It's daring. It's daring. It's a bad plan. It's it's a terrible plan. It is a laughably bad plan. (laughs) I was that's why I was convinced. I was convinced until they hit hyperspace that they were going to be recovered. Yeah. Me too. That they were going to, that the escape attempt would ultimately fail. Yeah. But I guess. There's got to be a way to to disable a ship at that point, right? Well, once they get up into uh, space, it's a little hard to, I don't know. That's true. I guess, you know, you do have the full three dimensions of. uh, It's hard to, it's hard to stop a ship without completely destroying it. 
Yeah, because I guess if you do shoot a bullet into the engines, you know, it's going to explode. So, but yeah, um, before before the escape. Yeah, is so we get a shot of that uh, mysterious clone X, the one who was coded to be tech. Yeah. So I didn't I missed that when I was watching the episode. Yeah, no, and, he's everywhere in this episode. All right. I'm looking for him because I I, I I forgot about it and or I, I didn't forget. I I saw it on Twitter after and was very confused. Let's see if I can find him. <laughs> Oh, you know what else? Um, those poor clone kids are fucking doomed because in the trailer there is a shot of Clone X in front of the RPM on Pabu. Like Pabu is not a safe place. Yes. I now do see the clone Clone X. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's so coded to be tech that I still am going even firmly. <laughs> I still think it's even more of a red herring. Yeah. That guy just broke his legs, roughhousing. Not from a falling off a tr- tram. Yeah. Um, I wonder if this is all of the Nala Say Omega content that we're going to get this season. Because I, I really yeah. went into the season thinking that there would be a little bit more than just what we got. Well, and I think it's interesting, too, because the whole Nala Say thing, Omega started the series as Nala Say's medical assistant. And I think it's interesting that she returns to that role here and how awful it is. And even though it's like, seemingly a familiar thing everything it shows how much everything has changed they're they're both prisoners kept under threat to the other and it is i i i don't think nalase will be in much of this season i'm not even sure i I thought she's going to die yeah i was gonna say i I, I she's going to be killed by hemlock as soon as he unlocks the secret to cloning yeah yeah, and I love that Ian McDermott just does Palpatine whenever it's now. Such a treat to have him. I am. How old is Ian McDermott? And like, how scared should I be? He's, for... he's kicking around probably in his seventies at this point. Return of the Jedi is forty. Ian, Mc, he's seventy nine years old. Damn. Holy shit! Yeah, we got off. Knock on wood, a few more good years at least. But it's funny. I, I like that he has fun with Star Wars and uh, plays the Emperor in stuff after making revenge of the sith yeah yeah i think it's fun too um that i just animation wise the red light from the gate into the vault hitting palpatine's face yeah it's scary he's so they they, it it really feels like, like do you remember the like early clone wars when he'd always be in the hologram in his in his cape and you see his huge ass nose sticking yeah. out. That was it, yeah. And but like the chin too. The yeah, chin. This feels like they've perfected the the like hooded Palpatine model and lighting. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just so good. With his like, freaky eyes. Ugh. Now that he's a yeah, now that he's able to be fully, fully menacing. Yeah. I also yeah. like too that uh he but he's still got the politician in him like he he is dangling a promotion over hemlock's head yeah to all make in sure due time he, yeah that was very that was very chancellor palpatine and i appreciated that yeah because hemlock knows he's a freaky force dude but hemlock now also sort of has to remember that no he's he's a good politician you can't just like con your way into moving up the ladder Ask ask Admiral Rampart about that. <laughs> Ooh. 
um, the mouse droid moment. That was incredible. I know. And Omega would never do that. Like if, if she didn't have to, she's not a, she's not a droid kicker, but she went, bop. When I, I yeah. when I watched the uh, season two finale right before watching these, there's that moment when they're sabotaging the shuttles. She's putting the uh, homing beacon on Hemlock's ship and a mouse droid like tries to rat her out before Wrecker kills it. I would not be shocked if she's got a particular dislike for mouse oh, droids. Oh, I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, she might just be like, fuck these guys. Just I think fuck these guys in particular, given yeah. that I think she doesn't like anything associated with that mission and text. Yeah. I would agree but, with that. But also seeing theme. seeing a tiny child punt a mouse droid was incredible. It was just funny. It was funny as fuck. <laughs> I was like, okay, girl, pop off. Also, the whole conversation in the cell when she goes to get crosshair and he's like, is this a fucking joke? Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> he was like, what? He's like, did you find a weak point? <laughs> um, like, no, like, we are breaking out but, anyway. <laughs> but the clock is ticking, though. Like, yeah, literally ticking. Stays, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Symbolism. Uh, like, if she stays, her life is going to get worse because she is going to be experimented on a lot more than she already is. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. she needed yeah. to break out. It's just funny. I, Star Wars yeah. is, has so many break in, break out stuff where it's planned and it goes reasonably well. And, uh, or it's uh, planned and it completely falls apart. Yeah, but usually it is always planned. So I like this one's like, oh, fuck it. We're making it up as we go along. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was just funny to me that I'm like, wow, this worked out surprisingly well because. Um, yeah, you've got Omega, a child lugging a blaster and an iPad around. And you've got Crosshair who can't shoot. And they managed to get out of the most secure Imperial science facility there is. Right yep. after Palpatine was like the most important Was right thing. there, yeah. Was the security I, it was, this facility. Also, all-time optimistic Omega moment will steal the, the Emperor's Emperor. shuttle. Yeah. <laughs> Crosshair he went, shut no. that down. Crosshair's like, do you even know who that guy is? Yeah. <laughs> She, she probably doesn't. Like, no, but she does. She saw him in the Senate last season, though. Oh, that's, oh, that's true. true. That's true. Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, she's so funny. I, yeah. I love Omega. What a um, what a ray of sunshine. Do you think that we get like a Jedi corpse that we know jump scare at some point in this season? Like we got Tara Sanube and Kenobi. Um, I don't know. I don't actually think that. I'm I I think that we are likelier to see some other variety of clone in there because the emperor I, I I'm well I'm just they need to make a viable yeah I'm thinking back to the first episode when they got back to Kamino and they were carting away that Jedi to do whatever with that was just like I just remember I was thinking about that and I'm like you know they're very clearly they've got the bot that you know the, the, they are in the process of preserving Jedi bodies for the process of cloning. Yes. And I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we get some minor ones, but nothing, nothing major. I'm not even sure we'd I mean, get like yeah. a council member. Well, yeah, I would um, say, I mean, I would like, I would Ala Sakura or, you know, somebody. I, like she got shot to shit. I would not, I would not be using Ala Sakura. That's true. The 327th did not hesitate on that one. Yeah. But, uh, I think I think the the person in the main cylinder is alive. First off, mm. that they that Palpatine got shown. 
I think I, I, if, if it's going to be a recognizable character, that character will be alive. Yeah. Uh, okay. Somebody I follow on Twitter has got a crack theory that it's Barris Offie. Stop. Uh, That'd but, be that is her, but that is this person on Twitter's sort of whole whole deal is <laughs> rooting for Barris to show back up like uh, I do for Emphasis Nest. <laughs> but uh, I I don't think so. I wouldn't be shocked if we see a familiar face if 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 someone is alive but i, I also think that we're like at we're, we, it could even just be a a django clone could it be a ventress clone i <laughs> see i don't think ventress is cloned um i know you think so but i think ventress got resurrected through night regular yeah. boring old night sister magic i i do i do think that it's a lot more likely that she was resurrected through night sister magic but also i think it would be cool if they had a ventress claw yeah so i am secretly tinfoil hat rooting for that one i do and it is notable that we were not shown who was in the cylinder yeah when the when the emperor looked at it so that clearly a reveal is coming and so it's either going to be horrifying or somebody we know or both. Um, there was speculation when season two ended that something like that would happen to tech. Like tech would be part of the experiment, the secret Tantus experiments. But obviously if he's alive, he's that clone X. Yeah. So well, which is the secret Tantus experiments. Yes. But yeah. uh, there was a lot of like, they find tech in a tank when they go rescue Omega uh, type of stuff. So that reminded me of it, yeah. but I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, also, like I said, there's that shot on the trailer of tech outside the art game with the, you know, Imperial Battalion. The clone X. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would just be poetic justice if, you know, not poetic justice, but, you know, tech destroying what fee built would be really. Yeah. Really yeah. Sad. I mean, there's there's a lot of compelling evidence. I, I'm curious what I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't know where we're going from here in a way that I didn't expect when I logged on to Disney Plus to watch these three episodes. I actually hope that we don't alternate episodes and we get more of Omega and Crosshair and maybe we intercut with Hunter and Wrecker. Mm -hmm. But because I'm just so fascinated where they went. Yeah. But I think they're going to hold you in, in suspense for two weeks. On that. Mother sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, 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 they hate us. So I, I, I thought that it was really sad that tech made Omega memorize all the plans and Crosshair was like, oh, of course he made you do that. Yeah, this, uh, as somebody who has uh, been open on this very podcast about not liking Crosshair very much, I loved him in both of these episodes. Yeah. And this finally paid off on, a, I found a relationship, the way Omega related to Crosshair, really compelling all the way back in Aftermath when she was mm -hmm. trying to help him deal with his chip going off because she understood and she was compassionate and now they're finally getting to build a relationship and yeah. i really like well, it it's like you were saying last semester last last season um <laughs> last semester last on season two about it's like you know this is a crosshair is getting a redemption arc that rivals zuko's honestly well it just a redemption arc that is actually like because the thing with zuko's is not actually about the quality of the writing it is good, but it is that it lasts two full seasons. Yeah. Where, where Zuko gets his character fleshed out in not just as being like not 
Crosshair, honestly, it's very similar. Crosshair had a season where he was the villain, the the empire, the the imperial Crosshair. He was he was a real asshole, and he was chasing down our heroes and trying to kill them. And then we had a season of inner conflict, and now we have a season of making up for it. And it's different though because I feel like Crosshair has been punished for his mistake. Yeah, Crosshair made absolutely. a bad call. He thought the empire was the best thing for him, and he wanted his brothers to join him. And when they wouldn't, he just doubled down because he still thought the Empire was the best thing for him. He was wrong and he got punished for that. He was very wrong. I'm honestly kind of like, okay with Crosshair right now. Like, I feel like he's he doesn't need to do much to change necessarily. I am really looking forward to the way he's going to interact with Hunter in particular. Especially as presumably when they reunite, Omega is going to be quite close with him. Like, yeah, it's it's good. I, I hope that we're not going to see more of Hunter being kind of weirdly overprotective and jealous like he was last season. Or if it is happening, that we'll actually deal with it instead of just making it his primary character trait. I would hope so. I would hope for that. Yeah. All right. But yeah, it's fun, so fun it's... action sequence. I liked I'm I was convinced that uh, they were not going to make it off the planet with Batcher. Yeah, I know. That was the best part. Honestly, it was Batcher got oh, on that yeah. damn ship. <laughs> Me too. Me too. She she did that little whistle and Batcher went. Arf, arf. Here we yeah, go. Now I got a little love... pet. <laughs> There's a uh, piece of fan art that I saw after that I will share to both of you. That is the. Uh, what do you got there? A smoothie meme, but it's both of them. It's it's both groups with uh, Wrecker and Hunter with the cadets and Omega and Crosshair showing up with an enormous dog. <laughs> a huge, just hell beast. Oh, yeah. All right. So does that. Oh, actually, I have one more little note. Um, those monsters, the um, weird as hell. I forget what they were called, but the, the not lurker, they looked like a cross between a lion and a tiger and a bear oh and my. a tree. They, it was weird. And I uh, it sort of confirmed what I was thinking since the first episode confirmed is a strong word. I believe it more. I think that's a Mount Tantus abomination released into the wild. Mm. I, I think I I don't think that Wayland is a is necessarily a dangerous planet because of its native wildlife. I think that it is intentionally dangerous to keep test subjects from trying to escape. I think it's it's a part of the prison. Right. And I think that the Lurka hounds are bred and 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 used to keep the perimeter safe, but they are keeping the perimeter safe from creations of the scientists there yeah so yeah um shall we bingo yeah i'm looking at the bingo we got two uh i say we got three we got clone cadets for sure we got clone cadets we got clone cadets we um we got Omega suggested to be yeah. force sensitive. Yeah, that's the other one. And then I'm going to knock High Republic something because of the potential of the drinker. Oh, okay. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, so Cuz they look like yeah. drinker to me, but I, I would not have, have I would so not have 
really even though I know we were doing this whole cloning shit, I didn't really think that Omega would that the force sensitivity of it all would come in. And the way I understood it is that she's just her blood and her then she is receptive to her blood received a transplant with a high M count. So to me, it seems like she has the potential to be force sensitive, but I think Omega, yeah. the person, doesn't have that naturally high connection to the force. Yeah, I am. Got, got, got to be vague about this because spoilers, obviously, but re, re, I'm just thinking about that in connection to recent media. Yes. Um, and it, 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 it does seem I, and this actually was a thing. I like this as a plot point. It used to be in in uh, in some Legends works it was, but I really like that the holy grail of cloning is being able to make a clone, make a clone force sensitive. Mm hmm. And I because I like that force sensitivity is a little bit random and a little bit like it, you can't control it super easily. Uh -huh. Often it does pass down. Like through families, but it's all also pops up randomly. Yeah, I get most Jedi. And so I like I, I like that we're seeing that clones can be receptive to that because they're this is a, a side of Star Wars that they're pretty much excluded from. They're often they're used stood in contrast to the Jedi. And mm -hmm. I think this works better with how the for how the force works as an energy field in the galaxy. Yeah, I agree. I love it. And like the clones are people like, yeah. Yeah. And this is yeah, this is exactly that. This is the. This is the clones are people show that spun off the clones are people show. And it's really nailing in that as the mission statement by examining all aspects of their personhood, including the mystical bit, because this is fun space stuff. Yeah, I love the fun space stuff. Yeah, awesome. So uh, we will get that hoisted uh, one uh, with the episode drop. And uh, we will be back in one week for The Bad Batch Season 3, Episode 4, A Different Approach. Yeah. Weekly episodes, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. We're covering it live because we just can't wait. We, we, we all watch these episodes and we're like, OK, we, we must podcast about we them. Must yeah. podcast. We must podcast. We must podcast. I will say I am very glad to be out of the three episode premiere week because doing Me the too. whole three episodes is. <laughs> yeah, we'll do one yeah. a week. We'll deep dive. We'll yeah. do some theories. Except for the Calvin when they're two episodes. But yeah, Calvin yeah. and I will be wrong again about our theories. Hey, at least we're on opposing. We're on opposing right. sides this time. Yeah. So we're on opposing sides on the tech thing, though. So one of us has to be right. Yeah. <laughs> because we are a universe that ex exists under binaries. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for Great. listening. Thanks for. Yeah. May the force be with you. Swag. Thank you guys for listening to First Steps, a Star Wars podcast. You can find us on Facebook at First Steps, a Star Wars podcast, on Twitter at First Steps SW, and on Instagram at First Steps Star Wars. You can stream us on any of the major podcast handles, and you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs>